Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information and advisory services provider for emerging market executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with proprietary research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging market business strategies. The focus of today's podcast is a discussion of FSG's newly released research on Mexico. My name is Richard Leggett, and I'm the CEO of Frontier Strategy Group, and I'm joined today on the phone by Antonio Martinez, practice leader for FSG's Latin America practice. As a reminder, this research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com or via your FSG iPad application. Antonio, welcome back. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be back. Let's get started. And I thought as a framework for the conversation, I would start first at kind of the 30,000 foot level and then dig deeper into some of the key trends and themes that you are observing in Mexico. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So let me begin with just the strength of Mexico's economy. And and frankly, that's been a bit of a surprise, especially given that we're seeing so many headwinds from currency volatility to weak oil prices, and also cuts uh, in Mexico, specifically in public sector spending. Counterbalancing that is the strength of private consumption that's really driving the strength of the economy. And so I guess that creates two natural questions. One is what specifically is behind this consumption story and how sustainable is it? What we see as the main driver behind this consumption story is basically low inflation in Mexico, much lower than previously, than many people expected, as many of our clients expected. The strength of rising remittances driven by an improving U.S. labor market, uh, particularly for Mexican migrants, and as well as the very limited social spending cuts that we've seen not only this year, but we expect to see next year, um, which will help support consumption going into what will probably be still a relatively difficult 2016. We are at least somewhat confident that it will remain somewhere between 25 to 3% in terms of consumer spending. But uh, let's just say that there's certainly no reason to expect that consumer spending is going to get back to a level of 4% or more over the short term. What is uh, your GDP forecast for 2016, and how has this evolved uh, as, as this consumption story has played out? We have, uh, for the first time probably since 2012, actually started to revise up our forecast for Mexico. What I would say, though, however, is that those kind of increases are relatively mild. Uh, the Mexican economy is still going to face significant uh, headwinds from falling government spending, particularly on investments, as well as continued FX volatility, uncertainty over uh, interest rates hiked by Bancico, the central bank, and other factors that still tell us that at the very least, if there's going to be a recovery for the Mexican economy, an improvement in its growth trajectory, it's going to be much more moderate. I think it's interesting to see that you're, up, you're revising upwards. As you think about your bias, where you sit today, would your bias also be upwards or would it be downwards? I actually, I would say it's definitely upwards. And this is something that I feel I, I have been waiting years to be able to say about the Mexican economy. But right now, as I see it, uh, Mexico, unlike most of the other at least partially commodity-dependent markets of, of Latin America, particularly oil-dependent markets, it's one where the outlook at least appears, if not necessarily towards a rapid acceleration, at least towards a level of stability than most other, I would say, even most other emerging markets would envy. And quickly, what are the risks to your uh, forecast? What could, what could shift that bias downwards? I would say probably the, the biggest risk, and it kind of has remained one, is the weaker U.S. growth undermining Mexico's growth. 
as well as uncertainty over US, the direction of U.S. monetary policy, particularly when it comes to interest rate policy, uh, because it's going to drive, it has been driving already, FX volatility, significant depreciation of the Mexican peso, much more than many of our, I would say most of our clients expected, as well as questions around uh, the, the state of oil prices, not necessarily because they'll have a significant impact on 2016 government spending, but next year we do see the, the fourth and fifth phases of the first round of oil tenders, and those are critical for, let's just say, Mexico's energy reforms to start providing a significant dividends for the economy. Okay, let's now shift a little bit deeper and, and go to some of the key trends. One of the trends you highlight is the fact that Mexico's strength is driving renewed attention in the Latin America and global portfolio among our clients. And let me just put some numbers around this. In, uh, in fact, a, a recent survey that we took of our Latin American client executives, 31% highlight Mexico now as their top investment market in the region, and 46% highlighted as their number two investment market after Brazil. Uh, so with greater focus comes a greater emphasis on finding growth avenues. What are some of the strategies that MNCs are taking to to drive growth in the Mexican market, especially that it's more mature vis-a-vis some of the faster growing markets? Well, what we've seen is that since Mexico is gaining so much more prioritization, more prioritization without necessarily a really rapidly increasing or rapidly growing economy, what we've seen is that companies are looking at sourcing new sales opportunities. They want to go after new industry segments if you're kind of in the B2B space. They want to see or or transition away from maybe some of the B2G sales opportunities that they may have targeted in the past and go into new opportunities with, say, maybe new uh, private sector players entering the energy energy industry. Um, we've also seen many of them focus and talk about focusing on setting the right channel strategy. Do you have the right distributors for the right opportunities uh, or right segments, customer consumer segments that you need to be prioritizing to achieve what in many ways are increasingly ambitious growth targets. You also recently put out a report titled Mexico's New Public Spending Reality, and you kind of alluded this in this last answer, but in the report you talk about how companies, uh, especially those companies that are dependent on public uh, sector spending, might need to adjust their expectations for where growth can come from. So talk a little bit about that shift and, and what, you know, and let's try to quantify it to the extent we can in terms of the shift away from public sector uh, dependency to these some of these these higher growth private sectors? Well, when we actually look at the plans of budget for 2016, you see a nearly 20% contraction in public sector investments. And so what we see here is that the public sector is simply not going to be able to finance the projects, both in transportation and the energy sector, particularly through Pemex and CFE directly, uh, as well as in telecommunications. What we see is that the government is, however, trying to basically incentivize as much private investment as possible through a combination of tax incentives, new financial vehicles such as FIBRAI and other mechanisms that will at the very least provide a little, a few more avenues for for the private sector to be involved in these sectors that have generally been the purview of the public sector. So that's where a lot of the growth is going to come from, and that's really where companies need to kind of really be focusing or adjusting their expectations going forward. Another theme, uh, and we've talked a lot about this in a number of markets, it's, it's, it, the theme is subnational prioritization as a, as a key winning market segmentation strategy. Is this a theme that applies to Mexico? Yes. Though Mexico's 
certainly one of the more, uh, if you're talking about mature markets among emerging markets for most multinationals, but many of them still have very much a big focus on what I can say, the three major metropolitan areas of Mexico, which are basically Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterrey. If you want to continue to grow at a much faster pace than just the 25 to 3% growth that is projected over the next few years, you're going to need to prioritize those parts of Mexico that are seeing much faster growth. And one of them is obviously uh, the center of what has been probably the biggest success story from a manufacturing point of view in Mexico, which is the automotive sector, where El Bajío, certain region of Mexico, uh, north of Mexico City, but below the, the border states, where you've seen growth rates in many ways, in many cases, higher than seven or eight or nine percent uh, over the last decade, and that will continue to, to see much better growth. That that's maybe one region where companies need to focus their attention. And there's other opportunities also across the country that maybe requires not only further prioritization from companies, but also a focus on ensuring that you have the right go-to-market strategy and distribution partnerships to, to make those opportunities happen. If we stick with the subnational theme for a moment, uh, and given the strength of the remittance story, what strategies should clients pursue to essentially align how they prioritize these faster-growing markets with those subregions that are seeing the highest remittances? The, the states where comp- uh, companies need to be focusing on are uh, particularly looking at it from a remittance standpoint, are the border states, as well as the more troubled states in southern Mexico, such as Michoacán, that also receive significant remittance flows. Remittances, particularly in an environment where the Mexican peso is depreciating, are, you know, obviously, in this case, the dollar is strengthening, and that's thus remittances are much stronger. Uh, this, in some ways, hedges against whatever risk might come from a further depreciation of the Mexican peso. So that's one way companies need to think about the opportunities in these particular regions of Mexico. All right. Uh, as we kind of start to bump up against time, I thought we could dive a little bit deeper uh, with a quick lightning round looking at industry implications from everything we've just talked about. So let's start with the consumer uh, sector and uh, give me kind of your key headlines there. Consumer spending is growing much faster than GDP growth, or at least somewhat faster than GDP growth. It is one where many of our clients in the sector have been, they say, surprise in a good way in terms of how demand has kept up regardless of all the other headwinds that the Mexican economy has faced this year. Uh, What we see is that for many of the companies in the sector where they're seeing most opportunity is, as we've talked about, further subnational prioritization, focusing beyond the first tier of opportunities where growth, yes, will be better than GDP growth, but not enough to really support uh, double-digit revenue growth. Those, that's where we see a lot of opportunity where companies really need to start thinking about what they're doing there. Healthcare. The healthcare sector is one where if you're looking at it from the public sector side, you are going to see public spending, I would say, freezes uh, with only a slight decline in total spending on healthcare. Companies need to focus on opportunities from public sector payers, but also see what kind of growth that they can get coming out of particularly the expansion of private retail pharmaceutical chains. And that's where I see a lot of opportunity for multinationals to continue to drive growth in a kind of, say, a healthcare sector that, though, will not be as strong as, say, many others will still, obviously, because of its size, still drive growth, overall growth. 
Okay. And then last, lastly, and I'll just kind of group this together, but broadly the B2B sector. Companies in the B2B sector need to be paying a lot of attention to the success or not of the government attempts to drive up private investment in industries or in sectors such as the energy sector, the infrastructure sector, uh, the electricity sector, and the telecom sector. That's where a lot of the growth, a lot of the investment is going to increase in 2016 and beyond. And that's really where the opportunities are going to lie for companies that want to leverage Mexico as a, a big uh, revenue growth driver in, for, their, for their companies. Okay, last question is looking beyond next year, beyond the horizon, if you will, what are your long-term expectations in terms of the Mexican economy, just kind of at the headline, headline numbers? Multinationals should expect that all of the structural reforms, which thus far, when you look at them together, have proven disappointing in driving short-term growth, that they will drive the Mexican economy to grow, uh, I would say, something closer to 3.5% rather than the 2% that we've seen, uh, not just over the last few years, but over the last two decades. But this is going to be a gradual process, one where, as we've seen, issues of the rule of law, as well as implementation of these reforms, will take time to improve. And that's something that the companies need to take into account and make sure that there's alignment, not only uh, within regional teams, but with corporate in terms of expectations for Mexico. And we've got lots of tools and resources and data that we update every single month that provide good signposts and the ability to monitor how these headlines are changing, as well as how our forecasts are being revised over time. So we encourage our clients to, to look at that as well. A- Antonio, I want to thank you for this insightful discussion, and I encourage uh, all of our listeners to read uh, your most recent quarterly market review on Mexico, as well as the new public spending reality report that we touched upon earlier. As a reminder, all FSG clients can speak to Antonio or any member of the FSG research team at any time by scheduling time via your FSG client relationship director. You can also access all of FSG's research, leading indicator data, and all FSG content on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. And while you're there, check out FrontierView dashboards, our fully customizable interface for all your FSG data, research, and other content. I think you'll love them. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance across your emerging market portfolio. 